Welcome back. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, and hopefully you have, it's National Police Week. It's a time to recognize the contributions, the sacrifices, the the service provided to us by law enforcement all over the country. Well, uh, certainly here in Springfield, we have... Uh, a contingent of police officers, city and county and other agencies as well, working very hard to keep us safe. Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow joins us live here during this National Police Week. And Chief, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. No problem, Jim. Good afternoon. How's it going? Uh, doing doing well, thank you. And thanks again for being here. Let's talk first about National Police Week. And what does it mean to your officers to, to have this designated uh, as a way to recognize and acknowledge their hard work? You know, it, it, it's very important. The fact that, you know, it's at one time of the year that across the country people take time out to recognize officers for the hard work they do and the dedication they uh, they have and the service they provide to their communities every year. So during that week, it's also time to reflect back on those who made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, on the 15th, there'll be a memorial service out in Washington, D.C. To, to recognize all those officers who made the ultimate sacrifice in 2018 and add their names to the monument out there. And it's time to reflect and kind of to uh, thank those uh, for their service. So it's something that, you know, it, it's something that's always on the back and always in the back of your brain. It's always something that you think about, but you just never really uh, uh, put it in the forefront until this time of year. We had a, a, an initiative announced last week called Light the Community Blue, encouraging people to get these free blue light bulbs at Ace Hardware and Lowe's and put them, uh, replace their front porch lights with them for the week and, uh, and have that blue light shining as a way to visually show support for police. My schedule's been such this week that I have literally not been anywhere except in my own neighborhood uh, all week uh, other than, you know, work-related stuff. So I haven't really had a chance to look around much and see uh, if this is out there, but are, are you seeing it or people uh, taking part in this? Yes, they are. Um, I've seen it in my neighborhood and I've seen it through other neighborhoods throughout the community. You know, obviously we would love to see the entire community blue, but, you know, people get busy with their day-to-day -day lives and, you know, sometimes they uh, forget about it. So it's one thing, this is the first year that we are doing this. So if you go drive by the police station here in the next few days, you'll see at night that our lights are blue at the station. And you'll see it throughout our community, and that's what that's about. So we thank those residents and citizens who are participating in this program, and we hope to grow it every year. And it's not just here in Springfield. It's for the entire the entire uh, Springfield metro area. I know there's participants in Chatham and Sherman, Leland Grove, Jerome, as well as Rock, Riverton and Rochester. So, again, you know, we all work well together, and it's not just recognizing Springfield Police Department. It's recognizing all those law enforcement officers who serve this area. And National Police Week runs through Saturday, so again, still plenty of time to uh, get out there and show your support uh, for officers. Uh, Chief, I know you get asked this a lot, especially in recent years, as we've had a lot of incidents around the country uh, involving uh, police and their interactions with the public, but how how do you feel, in general, overall, uh, police are perceived in, in Springfield and around the country? You know, like I stated the other day, sometimes we get caught up in the uh, the media and the hype of what's going on around the country, and we sometimes lose thought and lose sight of what's really occurring in our community. In our community, I think we have good police community relations, and I think we have good support for the local police departments. Uh, but sometimes, you know, when you have that negative uh, incident that occurs across the country, it affects all of us. We often tell our recruits, we often tell our officers, what happens in Chicago affects us here in Springfield. What happens in Springfield affects people uh, throughout the rest of the country. So uh, people don't oftentimes, you know, differentiate. They just see police as police, you know. And uh, as I tell our officers, you know, 
each one of us have an obligation to represent law enforcement profession in the most positive light that we can. And that's by providing quality service and providing uh, a professional service to those we serve. You've been working for the last several years in a lot of different ways to to build up trust in areas of the community that maybe haven't had that much trust and faith in the police. Uh, you've had the uh, the coffee with a cop. Uh, you have gone out and uh, gone to, and I, I'm sure you've lost count of the number of different uh, community meetings and organizations you've gone and spoken to about Springfield Police. Do you feel like it's making a difference? Are you seeing a difference in your interactions with the community and in particular with people willing to come forward and talk with the police and, and work with the police to, to try to reduce crime in, in some of the most troubled areas of the city? Yes, we do. And I, I start with like just last week, we did a staff walk uh, down in the Harvard Park neighborhood area. And we do those you know, April, May, June, July, August, September, and October, and even November if it's not too cold out yet, if it doesn't get too cold. And we take time out just to go out and go door-to-door to talk to neighbors, talk about issues and problems they're having in their areas. We try to take that message to them because sometimes people are hesitant to call us. They may be fearful for some reason, but when you're knocking on every door in the neighborhood, it doesn't kind of put them out by themselves, and they're willing to share information and bring problems and issues to our attention so we can address them. Uh, you know, but it's building positive police community relations, it has to be a sustainable effort. It has to be something that's to constantly do. You can't just do it one month and stop. And that's why we try to use different events throughout the year. Uh, I always tell people, if you want to learn about law enforcement and what we do out there, the best way to do it is to get in a car and do a ride along with our officers or participate in our Citizens Police Academy. Uh, you know, even with the kids, we, we started a teen academy a few years ago. We have our junior police academy. Um, but it's all about building relations. And I tell our officers, Every time we have a contact, that's a chance to have a positive impact on somebody. So we encourage our officers to get out of the car, to get out and meet and mingle with the people that they serve, uh, talk to the people who beat they work, and just get to know them. But again, you know, a lot of this comes back down to having that contact with a civilian or a citizen when we're not there for a law enforcement purpose, you know. Uh, far too often, I always teach the fire department, the fire chief, Al, about, hey, everybody loves you guys. You guys come and kick in the door. You're heroes. We kick in the door and we're criminals, you know. So it's just a difference. We have to deal with people when they're at their worst. So anytime we can have that chance to have an interaction when it's a non-enforcement situation, we can start to build those contacts and they can start to see us as people and not just the uniform or the badge that we wear. Can, can regular Joes just come in and do a ride-along with police? You, you, that's something people can set up and, and do? Absolutely. They can go to our website. You can fill out the form there and submit it to us. Uh, we usually ask for about a 72-hour turnaround. So, uh, you know, but we've had people who, you know, come in one day on the day of, and we'll make it happen if we can. So it, for us, it's about getting people out there to kind of learn what we do, you know. And like I always tell people, you know, one thing I challenge my staff and I challenge our officers to do is those that are our biggest critics are the ones that we need in the cars riding with us to see what we do out there. And a lot of times, we may not agree with everything that goes on, but it leads to a better understanding of at least where we're coming from and where they're coming from. On this National Police Week, Police Chief Kenny Winslow is live on the line with us. Chief, on a couple other things real quickly, give us an update on Shot Spotter. The mayor referenced it in the State of the City speech today. Uh, where are we with that technology, and, and how much do you think it will sort of uh, change the game in terms of trying to, to get uh, ahead of these shootings, or at the very least to be able to, to figure out what's happening much more quickly? Well, where we're at right now with it is that we've been working with the company about the uh, geographical, uh, to identify the geographical areas that would go in. So we've been analyzing data. 
to be frank, you know, uh, we want a larger area than what they're willing to give us for the cost and the amount of money we have. So we're in that contract negotiation stage two of trying to negotiate the best deal for the uh, citizens of Springfield. As far as do we believe it'll be effective? Yes, we think that the way the Shot Spider works, it works basically on acoustics that we place throughout the community, and it'll send a verification to within 50 feet within a matter of seconds of where that shot came from. But it also gives us critical information about how many shots were fired, if more than one weapon was involved, et cetera. So our officers will know when they're responding if uh, they're going to a uh, one person just shot, maybe a celebratory uh, gunfire, or if there's actually people shooting back and forth at each other. So it'll give us a little more uh, information, hopefully provide some officer safety information for officers and help us with our tactical response to that incident. We see. Uh, additionally, go ahead. Additionally, uh, it takes dispatch out of the equation because it'll automatically dispatch to the officers' uh, computers in their cars. So we don't have to wait for that third party to get in the middle from the shot spider folks to go to dispatch and then to be aired out through dispatch. It's automatically going to come to them, and it'll also be able to come straight to their smartphones. We, so we, it's something that officers will be able to get the notification you know, pretty much instantaneously. We've seen anecdotally some communities have invested in this and then said they haven't been terribly satisfied with it. They haven't found it to be particularly precise or, or useful. Uh, I don't know how much you've looked into the experience of other communities, but you, you still feel pretty strongly that this is something that can enhance response time and, and be a useful tool for your officers? Yeah, we have. We've talked to Peoria PD, who's had it for a few years, like five years now, and they've expanded their program twice. Uh, you know, they, they sing its praises. And we've talked about the pitfalls that they've had, the issues they've had with implementation. And that's what we're trying to do right now. We're trying not to rush it. We're trying to talk to some other communities as well. We'll be talking to St. Louis PD, uh, as well as Chicago PD, about how they've implemented and to try to avoid some of the issues that they've had. But ultimately, it's about getting the officers to the scene quicker to try to catch people either in the action or be recover evidence. The other thing that's good about the shot spider is that we also were awarded a knife machine last year via a grant that we wrote for. And that knife machine now will allow us to hopefully recover the shell, the shell cases that we recover will be able to a national database. And shot spider is going to allow us to get there quicker to hopefully recover evidence before it's picked up, before it's ticked, before it's driven over, et cetera, to try to get it. Plus, it pinpoints it. It takes it away from that. Uh, well, one caller says it came from this location, then somebody else says, well, it's four blocks the other way, and somebody else says it's three blocks the other way. And a lot of times when we're out there now with that kind, unless we have an eyewitness who's willing to come forward, it's a crapshoot of exactly where this occurred from. We're checking four or five different areas for one report of shots fired because you really don't know where it's at. Uh, today in the State of the City speech, the mayor also reinforced a message that your department put out within the last few days about uh, break-ins and reminding people to lock their cars when they've got them out on the street or in their driveway or, or whatever. Uh, why is it people are not doing this, Chief? It, this just seems like, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer, uh, but it, it does seem like it would certainly uh, minimize the, the chance of these break-ins if people just took that simple step. You are 100% correct. It's frustrating for us because a lot of times when we end up on these most dangerous lists, they're including property crimes out there. And when you look at property crimes, and every community is different, not everybody has the same makeup of a community, but one thing that drives our crime rate are car burglaries and burglary to unlock cars. 85% of the cars that were burglarized in 2018 were unlocked. Uh, and some people think that, well, if I lock my doors, they're going to break the windows and they're going to just take anything they want anyway. That's not true. We've seen it time and time again in video surveillance days where people try the door and they move on to the next car. Now, if you're going to leave a laptop or something of value in plain view with the doors locked, they're probably going to break your window and take it. 
But the reality is if you just secure your belongings and lock your doors, it doesn't happen. But the other thing we're seeing, we've seen a huge uptick in that the first quarter this year. Uh, and the other thing that's resulting is, is people are leaving keys and key fobs in those cars and are basically, I'd have to go back and look at this month. I just looked at the other day. I think so far, just in the month of March on our last crime stats, we had 37 motor vehicle thefts compared to 10 last year. And the vast majority of those are because people are leaving their key fobs and their keys in the cars, or they're leaving the key fobs and the keys to the car that's parked right beside it. Uh, additionally, we're still having issues with people leaving firearms in cars. And it, it just it blows my mind that people would leave a firearm in an unlocked car. And then ultimately, those firearms end up on the streets, and who knows what they're involved in. And sometimes we recover them, sometimes we don't recover them. So the public's help in securing their cars, removing their valuables, taking their keys out of there, and locking the doors it goes a long ways. It goes a long ways. Chief, one last question for you. We talked to the mayor a couple of weeks back about the possibility of legalized marijuana. He said he wants to talk to you before deciding whether the city might uh, take advantage of an opt-out provision if it's there. I know you've expressed your concern about this before, but but uh, any thoughts as to where you would stand on whether if marijuana is legalized, uh, should it be allowed for sale within the city limits, or would we be better off if we opted out? You know, that's a conversation I have not had with the mayor, but we probably should. But obviously I have the concerns that all the other Illinois chiefs have is that if we are going to go down this road, can we slow it down and can we make sure we do it right? Let's learn from the mistakes that are in Colorado. You listen to some people out there who are pushing this, you would think that everything's just perfect in Colorado and California, and that's not what the chiefs of police, and that's not what the uh, directors of highway safety and et cetera are telling us in these other states. So I think we just need to slow down if we're going to go down this road, and that's, that's what the legislators and the voters choose then we just need to make sure we do it as safe as possible. Uh, you know, there's some things to do with expungement that I'm totally 100% against. You know, there's laws that have been in effect, and we want to go out there and we want to expunge manufactured delivery laws uh, or offenses, and then just expunge them like they never occurred. People knew those laws were in place, and they were delivering drugs to our children in our community and throughout uh, the area, knowing it was wrong, and now we just want to expunge away the record and say, oh, well, we shouldn't have done that. So there's some parts that I'm strongly against, but with that said, you know, if the voters choose and if the legislators choose to move this forward, all we ask is that we do it as safe as possible. Uh, you know, you know, personally, I, I think there's some things that we can learn from other states, you know, and I think it just needs to really slow down and decide how we're going to proceed with this. In the meantime, get those blue porch lights on. Show your support for law enforcement during this National Police Week. Uh, Chief Kenny Winslow, thanks as always for your time. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, sir. Have a good day.